Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today we're going to look at nine situations where you can and you should trust in God. Trusting in God for me has become one of the most exciting ways of living and really the only way to live. When I trust God, I'm rested. When I trust God, I'm confident. And so I encourage you and I challenge you today to trust God like you've never trusted Him before. Now, did you know that trusting God is is an enjoyable experience? It should be an enjoyable experience. Trusting God shouldn't be a white-knuckled, you know, about-to-throw-up <laughs> type of thing, man. Trusting God is exciting. I'm learning this. Trusting God is exciting. And I want to give you today nine situations that you've got to trust God for. And there's probably 109 situations, but I'm just going to give you nine of them. And this is why I love the Bible so much. When you read it, things just pop out at you, as as I hope they will for you today. And we look at these things, and you're like, yeah, that speaks to me. That gets me. I read that scripture a hundred times, and now it's getting me in a different, it's hitting me from a different angle. And so I hope this hits us from a different angle. Before we get into Acts 21, which is where these nine things are, let me share with you these, these just, just standalone scriptures about trusting in God, all right? Some of them don't even use the word trust, but the concept is there, all right? So in Psalms 55, 22, look at this with me. Psalms 55, 22. Hey, you can remember that, 5522, right? You can go back to that this week. But look, this, this verse says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. If you decide to take your cares, the things, your stressors in your life, how many of you got stressors in your life? If I were to ask you, you'd say, yep, I know what I know what my 10 are. I know what my three are. All right. Those are my stressors. If you take your stressors, your cares, and you say, I'm going to load God up with all my cares. I'm going to take them off of my shoulders, off of my mind off of my emotions, and I'm going to go drop them right on God, you know what he's going to do? He's going to sustain you. What does it mean to sustain? You're not going to fall over. You're not going to fail. You're not going to fall in a ditch. You're not going to end up in the poor house. You're not going to end up in a grave. (laughs) You know what? He will sustain you if you will take your cares and put them. Trust him to carry your problems. So often we say, oh, I've got to keep my eye on my problem because if I get my eye off my problem, it might eat me alive. No, get your eyes off of your problem and get your eyes onto Jesus. That's trusting in God. Here's another cool scripture. Psalms 22, verse 9 says, you brought me, yet you brought me out of the womb. Well, that's all of us, right? You were brought out of the womb. In other words, you were born. You're a human. It says, Look at this. This is so this struck me so hard about a year ago when I first read this or first noticed this. It says, "You made me trust in you." Did you know that God is going to force you to trust in him? He's going to let circumstances happen to you that are going to get you cornered and you are going to have to trust in God. You made me trust in you. Has that not been your experience in life? Things happen 
And you have to trust in God. There's just no other alternative. And guess what? That's God making that happen. You, ha- you are going to have to. And if you will just step over the threshold out of yourself and into him, if you'll just step, you will enjoy trusting in God. You'll actually look forward. You'll like it. I get this. I wasn't even going to say this. It just, it's been going through my mind. Jesus told uh, the, the, I think it was the 72 that he sent out. I hope I have this right. I know initially he sent out the 12. And he said, don't take any with, anything with you. Don't take an extra cloak. Don't take extra money. Don't take an extra pair of shoes. Go without anything because I'm going to be there with you. And as you go, I'm going to provide for you. He made those men trust in God. And the more I live life, the more I like living that way. I'm going with nothing, you know. I'm walking into a situation, a work situation, literally, where I don't have anything with me. I've just got God with me. And he's going to help me through that situation. And it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's exciting. God's going to show up at the right time, and he's going to put the right words in your mouth and do the right things. He's going to provide you with the right resources. So go with God and stop trying to trust in yourself. Here's another scripture, though. So he made me trust in you. That's Psalms 22.9. Here's another one. There's just two more, and then we'll jump right into uh, Acts 21. But Psalms, actually Acts 20, I misspoke. Um, Psalms 37.5. I love this one. This hit me about a year ago as well. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. Trust in him and he will act. What does it take to move the hand of God? Your trust. Now, God's going to move one way or another, but when you start trusting him, I tell you what, he's going to take you farther, faster, higher than you've ever been before. He's waiting on you to trust, and when you trust in God, he is going to start moving and shaking and accomplishing and, and uh, moving mountains for you. You've got to trust the Lord. And if you do, he will act. I love that one. That just hit me like a ton of bricks. And the last one is one that over the course of several Wednesday nights, people have mentioned this. And, and it, it came to me, man, several years ago, just hit me. But I, Isaiah 20, 2.22 Stop trusting. I'm going to read this in the easy-to-read version. This was an interesting one. Stop trusting in other people to save you. Stop trusting in people. It's not who you know. You know, have you heard that? It's not, it's not you know, it's not what you can do. It's, it's who you know. Well, you know what? It's who you know as in God. <laughs> That's what it is. So stop trusting in people to save you. Do not think too highly of them. They are only humans who have not stopped breathing yet. (laughs) I think that's an interesting way to look at this. And and another version says, stop trusting in man. Of what account is he? He only has breath in his nostrils. It's meaningless. Stop putting such a premium in people, including yourself. Start. So how do you trust God? Well, step one is you stop trusting in what you're trusting now. In order to trust God, you've got to stop trusting in the things and the people you're trusting now. Step out of that and say, now I'm going to lean my whole weight on God. 
And he's going to start acting. He's going to start doing. He's going to start making a difference. So let's look at Acts 20 and find nine specific situations that you've got to trust God for. All right? And this is a story of, of Paul in a, a time, of, a part of his life. And you're going to see how there's nine situations that he had to trust God for. Let's start. We get through one, two, three, four, five words, and I get my first situation. So here it goes. When the uproar had ended. <laughs> when the uproar had ended. He had just been in Ephesus, and there had been a riot, and there had been an uproar. There had been chaos, and there had been turmoil. There'd been chaos and turmoil. And the first, the first place that you have got to trust God in is when you're in the midst of chaos and turmoil. You've got to trust God in the midst of chaos and turmoil. Now, I bet if we were all to just sit around and start telling stories, we would hear some interesting stories of what you've been through, where you were in chaos, you were in turmoil, and you know what? You just had to trust God because you had no other option but to do that. And I think of situations where I've been. And I, I remember a work situation that lasted, extended several months, complete turmoil, complete chaos. I was getting yelled at on the phone pretty consistently. I was stressed out of my mind. I divvied my day into three, three phases, three, um, three shifts. I had three shifts in my day. It started like from five to noon. I'd take a little deep breath sometimes, get a quick bite to eat, and then go from about five to about seven, get some dinner, and then go from nine to about one or two in the morning, and then do all of that over again. Complete chaos, complete turmoil, complete stress. And you know what? In the middle of that, I had to learn to trust God. I had to learn to trust God. I'll never forget. This was long ago. Uh, my mom ended up in the hospital. And at that time, we were taking care of my grandmother. And she was, ended up in the hospital. And I was just a you know, young adult. I didn't know what I was doing. But here I was trying to help my grandmother. And my, my mom was in the hospital. There's a lot of uncertainty. And we'll talk about that as well. There's a lot of chaos, a lot of turmoil. And I had to trust the Lord. You have to trust the Lord when you're going through chaos and turmoil. You have to. There's no other options. And so decide before the chaos happens. When it happens, I'm trusting the Lord. Well, we read here, when the uproar had ended here in Acts 20, Paul sent for the disciples. And after encouraging them, and said good, he said goodbye and, and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area speaking many words of encouragement to the people. He's going city to city where there's churches and believers, and he was encouraging them. And I want to give you the second time, the second situation that you have to trust God for is whenever you're trying to encourage somebody who's down. Have you ever, have you ever talked to somebody, you love them, and it might be a son or daughter of yours, a grandchild, a friend, a spouse, a relative, and you're trying to encourage them, but in the back of your mind you're saying, this isn't working. <laughs> I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to boost them. I'm trying to lift them up. But you know what? I don't think it's going to do squat for this poor person because they're not listening to me. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody and they're just, yeah, they're not listening to me. 
Let me tell you what, you go ahead and encourage, but trust the Lord as you're attempting to encourage that person. God is using you even if it feels like it's not getting through to them. Even if it looks like they're waking up the next morning with the same stress and problems, whatever they're going through, you keep trusting the Lord as you encourage and you help and you carry somebody what, through what they're going through. Keep trusting the Lord as you encourage people. So encourage many people. We read, we read on. He finally arrived in Greece where he stayed three months because some Jews had plotted against him just as he was about to sail for Syria. And he decided, look at this, he decided to go back through Macedonia. He had to change his plans. He was, he was planning to get on a boat and go down this way, but, but the plot against his life made him decide, I've got to change my plans. I had intended to do it this way, but now I'm having to switch midstream and do it this way. And let me tell you what, we've got to trust the Lord when plans change. We've got to trust the Lord. I'll tell you what, there's not a plan that you set that isn't going to change. 99.999% of the time, you set a plan, it's not going to work out the way that you planned it to plan. You know, you intended it to work out. In fact, the Bible says a man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. You can be sure if you plan something, it's not going to work out that way. How many planners do we have, by the way? How many control freaks do we have in the room? All right. Let me tell you what, if you're a control freak, God is going to get you in a position where you have to trust him. You have to trust him. Plans change. Things don't work out the way you expected them to. You have to roll with the punches and you've got to have God beside you every step of the way, helping you, changing, modifying. We've got, you know what, as Christians, we've got to be flexible, Stop being so rigid and it's my way or the highway. That Life just doesn't work out that way. Let God modify your plans. Let your steps be ordered of the Lord. Stop trying to calculate your future. That's something God has been dealing with me about, by the way. He told me, stop calculating your future. In finances, stop calculating your future. I'll tell you what. I've always tried to calculate how on earth... Are we going to pay for four kids to go through college? How are we going to do it? How's that going to work out? I had some plans. But you know what? God interrupted my plans. And right smack dab in the middle of it, he got me into unemployment. How's that for a change in plans? (laughs) You know what? God still provided. We still paid for college. Praise God. Stop planning so much and start trusting in the living God to take care of your problems. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But there's another thing that that I kind of see here that's probably the elephant in the room is Paul had some people plotting against his life. How many of you received a death threat lately? (laughs) Probably not too many of us have received a death threat. Death threat. Probably not too many of us have had somebody literally plotting to kill us. Well, that's where he was at. And that would be, I would consider that a fairly stressful thing. But 
I imagine all of us have had somebody plot against us, though. Maybe not to take our lives, but to mess us up maybe in our, in our job, uh, plotting against our marriage, plotting against whatever. We've all had somebody uh, have it in for us, all of us. And I could, I could give you example after example, not for you to feel sorry for me, but just to, to kind of explain you know, take our feelings and associate it with this, this point here, we've got to trust God when people plot against us. And I want you to think back to a time when somebody, they, they, they had you in their crosshairs. They, they were trying to mess you up. You have to trust God in those situations. You've got to, and I'll never forget, I have a lot of stories where I failed and a few here where I I did the right thing. And I'm just going to give you one of those stories where I actually succeeded in trusting in the Lord. Because most often, I, man, I struggle with trusting the Lord. But I'll never forget, I had this, there was a whole upheaval in the company that I was working for. And there was an acquisition. And when there's an acquisition, you, you people get nervous about their jobs. I was nervous about mine. And sure enough, somebody started plotting against me during that time. Just a self-preservation is what it, was, what it amounted to. And I kept getting calls. I'd be in my office, and I'd get a call and say, Hey, Steve, so-and-so, man, they're talking about you. <laughs> they're, saying, they're saying bad things about you to your boss and your boss's boss. And I'm just telling you, you better be careful. And you know what? Such peace, such rest came over me at that time. I told the guys on the other line, I said, I know. I already feel it. You know, you know, you can feel those things. You can, you can be, uh, have a sense for those things. And, but peace and rest and trust. And I won't tell you how it all ended up. It ended up in my favor and not so much in the other person's favor. I'll tell you what, you've got to trust the Lord when people are plotting against you. You've got to trust the Lord. Just like Paul did here. Let's read on in verse 4 of Acts 20 said he was accompanied by peoples whose names I'm going to butcher. All right, forgive me, but I'll try to say their names. Uh, Sopater, son of somebody from Berea. Aristocrus <laughs> of, and Secundus, I believe was his name, from Thessalonica. Gaius from Derby, Timothy also. Ticetus, Ticetus, I believe. Someone else, I'm not even going to try. Anyways, he had all these people around him. All right? These men went ahead and waited for us at Troas. This wasn't, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have email. They didn't have anything. They said, you guys go ahead to Troas, but we'll sail from Philippi during this festival. And five five days later, they would join up. They were coordinating some plans here of how things were going to work out. Now, how many of you have coordinated something that involved multiple people? Is everybody ever? Is that easy? <laughs> is it easy to coordinate a Christmas party or coordinate a trip or to coordinate a, a project at work or a project at school? It's tough to coordinate things. And I want to tell you, you've got to trust God when you're responsible to coordinate something. This is just real practical day-to-day living, but it's the truth. 
Because we're always having to coordinate something. We're always trying to get people involved. And if you're a leader, a manager, a supervisor at work, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because here you're telling 10 people what to do, and you're supposing and trying to motivate them that they will do, in fact, what you've asked them to do. It stresses you out. You need to trust the Lord in those day-to-day situations. You need to trust the Lord in those day-to-day situations. I'm in a very interesting position right now where I'm working in a company who I, I'm not employed by the company, all right? I'm not, I, I'm just there working with people and literally telling them what to do, but they don't report to me. I have no authority over them. And I'm coordinating several things, and you know what? I'm having to trust the Lord to make sure that all of those projects come together and produce the intended result that they need. I have to trust the Lord. Anytime you deal with someone else, you've got to trust the Lord. God can influence people like you will never be able to influence people. So we have to trust the Lord as things are being coordinated. Verse 7, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. Now, if you ever think I'm a long-winded guy, the Apostle Paul was out of control long-winded. Hours of talking. Hours of trying to convey the things that were inside of him. He was just uh, 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 a source of wisdom, and he just wanted to tell these people. He may not be able to see them again, so he was trying to share all these uh, these truths and encouragement with them. And so as he's talking until midnight... This young man did exactly what I would have done. He dozed off. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where they were meeting, and seated in a window was a young man named somebody who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. You can read the Bible for yourself. This is what it says. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. What? Where did this part of the story come from? And I want to tell you what, we've got to trust the Lord when we face tragedy. We've got to. Ask yourself, will I ever face tragedy in my life? And you've got to tell yourself, yes, I will face tragedy in my life. I will have something bad happen to me at some point and probably multiple points throughout my life. And that's the first thing you got to come to grips with is I'm going to face tragedy. I'll never forget talking to this lady. She had lost her mom, says sad, you know, but her mom was aged and she was in her 70s and passed away. I don't know if it was from sickness or illness or what, but she passed away. And I told this lady, look, I'm, man, I'm going to be praying for your family, praying that you have the peace of God. About three or four years later, I talked to this lady, and I asked her how she was doing, and she said, I, I'm not doing well. My, my, my mom passed away. I said, yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me. It was like three or four years ago. She said, yeah, and I just, I can't believe God let that happen. Hey, you know, newsflash. Everybody's going to die at some point. (laughs) 
Everybody is going to pass away. There, we are all going to experience, and not only are we going to pass away, but someone that we love, we care about, is a friend to us, is going to pass away at some point. It is going to be hard. It's going to be tragic. It's going to be difficult. But we have to trust the Lord. Amen. We have to trust the Lord. We live in an imperfect world that we have basically made imperfect ourselves. We've got to trust the Lord. And, you know, I've, I've told myself many times, you know, of the people that are closest and most loved and treasure my heart. If I lose one of them, I'm not blaming God for it. I've made up my mind in advance. I'm not going to blame God because it's not his fault. All right. This earth is not my home. It's an imperfect place and bad things are going to happen here or there. But we trust in the living God. Make up your mind. Well, this story is interesting because of the trust in God. Paul runs downstairs. He throws himself onto the young man, puts his arms around him, and he says, don't be alarmed. He's alive. (laughs) What an amazing story. Then we went up. Then he went up, excuse me, again, broke bread. It's midnight, all right? You start getting hungry. If you have the midnight snacks ever, if you stay up late, all right? You, you, we're in it for the long haul. This Paul guy, he's going to be talking another several hours, so they ate some more, and after talking until daylight, he left, and the people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. What, what a, trust in the Lord, and he will act, Remember that verse? Trust in the Lord and you're going to see miracles. God is going to come through for you. Praise God. Well, he went on ahead on the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. Here's some more coordination, if you notice. Uh, He had made this arrangement because he was going uh, there on foot. Uh, Let's see. When When he met us at Assos, we took him on board and went to Metalia. The next day, we set sail from there and arrived off of uh, Chios. The day after that, we crossed over to Samos, and the following day, we arrived at Metilus. What do you call this, by the way? Moving different places. It's travel. You travel. They were traveling all over the place. They were moving all over the place. And I traveled this last week. And you know what? I had to trust the Lord as I traveled. On several planes, rented cars, all for work. And I had to trust the Lord. When you travel, it sounds trite, you've got to trust the Lord. Now I want to tell you something. I'll never forget this. I, along, several years ago, I had to travel to, again, for work. I had to travel to San Antonio. And one morning I woke up and I pull the curtains a little bit open, and all I saw, I was probably about the third store of this hotel, were TV cameras. Like, what on earth is going on? Like, all pointed up towards the hotel that I was staying in. I thought, well, that's weird. I mean, the whole street, and then police and everything. I was like, huh, I wonder what happened. (laughs) Well, that night, there was an active shooter, and I sleep really deep. I don't hear anything. There was an active shooter, just the story above me, a policeman running down a hall, and a shootout took place just just above me, right? We pray for traveling mercies. You know, we like to use all these religious terms of traveling. Who's ever heard of traveling mercies? That's just a, 
you know, who knows where that came from. I pray God protect me while I travel. Because anything can happen nowadays. Any and anything could happen any day. I mean, a plane could go down. You could have a wreck. You could, we pray for protection as we travel. But you don't just pray for it. You trust God for him to protect you. And that's not just going out of town. You get in the car. You trust God that he's going to protect you. You go for a walk. You pray for God to protect you. Shoot, people hurt themselves in their own homes traveling to the bathroom. All right? We trust God for protection all day, every day, even, even if it's just going to work. Well, Paul decides to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia. If you're, I'll tell you what, if you don't enjoy reading the Bible, this is like a novel. This is like intense. There's people dying and being raised again. They're traveling all over the, 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 the world. I mean, it's just very terribly interesting because he's in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From uh, Metellus, uh, Paul sent to, uh, to Ephesus for the, the, the elders of the church. When they arrived, so he's at his boat. He says, hey, send to Ephesus for the church leaders to come to me. When they had arrived, he said to them, you know how I've lived this whole time I was with you. Remember last Sunday, he spent about two years. Uh, actually, it was probably closer to three years with the Ephesian church, starting the church. The, remember those 12 hungry men that we talked about last Sunday? He says, how I was with you from the first day I came to the, the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility, with tears, in the midst of severe testing by plots from my Jewish opponents. You know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, and it, but have taught you publicly from, and from house to house. I've declared both to Jews and Greeks that they should turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. What do you call that if you don't know what's about to happen? Well, trust is the reaction to what that is, but it's uncertainty. It's uncertainty. And we've got to trust the Lord when times are uncertain in our lives. If you have a loved one who's sick and you don't know what's going to happen to them, you've got to trust the Lord. If you see a friend's marriage falling apart and you don't know what's going to happen to them, you've got to trust the Lord. If you see a situation where kids are not being treated properly by their parents and they're at risk, they're in certain times, you've got to trust the Lord. If you've lost your job or, or a financial situation, you have uncertainty in your finances, you've got to trust the Lord. If you've received a report from the doctor and you don't know what's going to happen to you, you've got to trust the Lord. So where there's uncertainty which life is uncertain, there's a lot more uncertainty than we give things credit for. We've got to trust the Lord. Say, God, you got to handle this because I don't know what to do. That's exactly where he wants you to be. That's exactly where he wants you to be. And so 
Paul goes on, he says, I only know that every day the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Well, that's even, <laughs> that's even worse because you have uncertainty layered on a promise by God that you're, going to, you're about to go through tough times. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish this race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. I'll tell you what, trust God as you're, as you're just doing what you know to do. You know, I remember Tina and I were raising four little ones, and we just came to the conclusion, it's our stage in life just to be parents. You know, accept the stage you're in, trust God in the stage you're in, and just do it with the best, best effort that you can put, with God's strength, with God's help. It says, now I know that none of, you, um, uh, uh, none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. He just had this sense. Hey, I'm never going to see these Ephesian leaders again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I'm innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourself. Now look at this. This is a tough conversation he's having here. He says, keep watch over yourself and over the flock. Uh, over the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he has bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves, not literally savage wolves, but bad people will come among you and not spare your flock. In other words, not spare the church. Even from your own number, he's looking at these men and saying, even from you guys, within your own number, men will arise and distort, distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Paul had a heart-to-heart conversation with these leaders. He was... He was brutally honest with it. He was telling them things they didn't want to hear. And this is the last thing I'll point out to you. You've got to trust God when you have tough conversations with people. You've got to have tough, you've got to just trust the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I've woke up in the morning knowing I've got to have a tough conversation with somebody. And I'm not excited about it. I'm not looking forward to it. But you know what? I just bite the bullet and I go do it trusting that God is going to help me through that difficult conversation. I want to ask you, how many of you have a tough conversation you've been procrastinating on having? You know you need to have it, but you haven't done it yet because you're dreading it. (laughs) You don't want to do it. But you know what? You need to trust God and go ahead and have that conversation. And that's for somebody today, probably several somebodies. Do it. Do it in love, but do it in truth. I was sitting on the plane this very week, and there's a young lady beside me. She's probably in her 30s. And um, I won't go through all the details, but as, a, as we're flying, I was thinking, oh, I feel like I need to tell her about the Lord, but tell her that God doesn't want her to worry. And I didn't know anything about this this lady. And she had her AirPods in. She's watching her phone, probably watching a movie or something. And I kept praying, God, 
Lord, you got to let me have an opportunity. I'm not going to rip the AirPod out of her ear and talk to her. You know, that's that's not going to go over very well. God, give me an opportunity. And so sure enough, the plane landed. We were already taxiing to the to to the gate there. And out come the AirPods. Uh, she had a call from what I guessed was her husband. And I just said some goofy something just to kind of open up the, the conversation. I got to tell that lady God doesn't want you to worry. Now you might say, well, that's not really a tough conversation. Yes, it is with a perfect stranger. <laughs> that's a tough conversation to have with a perfect stranger because she looked at me like, yeah, you're right. And I, I don't know how deeply it impacted her, but let me tell you what, God's calling you to have tough conversations and trust God and go ahead and go out on a limb and have that conversation. That person needs to hear from you. God has put that on your heart, that point of wisdom, that point of correction, that point of love, whatever it is. Go have it and trust God to do all the rest. I'll end with this. There's a time where uh, work-wise I was having, I had tough conversation after tough, I mean multiple conversations per day with people And I would wake up in the morning and say, okay, what tough conversation do I need to have with who? And I'm going to do it first thing this morning. I'm just going to get it over with. And you need to do the same thing as well. You need to do that. Trust God to help you through that. Trust God to help your message get through to that person without harming them or without having a misunderstanding. God is going to help you if you will take the step to have those conversations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for your word. Lord, it's a light unto our our feet, Lord. It's a lamp unto our path. Lord, your word is, it convicts us, it convinces us, it corrects us, it inspires us, Lord, it fires us up, it strengthens us. Lord God, help us to be men and women of character who trust you, Lord God, where we need to trust you, which is in every area. Every area, Lord, stir up leadership, spiritual leadership in each and every one of us, Lord God. Lord, to trust you and make tough decisions. Have the tough conversations that we need to have. Show the love that we need to show, Lord God. Express the truth that needs to be expressed, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus. Lord God, there's so many situations. In fact, I would go out on a limb and say every situation requires us trusting in you. Every situation requires some level of trust. Lord, help us to stop trusting in man who has just but breath in his nostrils. Of what account is he? Lord, help us to stop trusting ourselves. Help us to stop trusting in others. And help us to start trusting in God our Father, the the God of the universe, the almighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, Heavenly Father. Lord, use us mightily. Strengthen us, Lord, with your might and your power, Lord God. Stand strong and stand firm when the day of evil comes, Lord us to make up our minds, Lord, that before something bad happens, we're saying, I'm not going to blame you, God. Why would I do that? Lord, instead, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust God. 
Oh, Heavenly Father, we just love you and thank you so much, God. Lord, you are awesome. You are awesome. And you, Lord, to whom much is given, much is truly given.